hate the most colorism oh y'all colorism makes like my boobs itch like i hate colorism it's so it just sucks so bad i think it sucks worse than racism to be truly honest i think that that's a harsh reality that it does it's also kind of i wouldn't choose either or to be honest because they both are based um and revolve around anti-blackness so i don't either want either one but um i don't really know why people want to identify people and like put people into categories and discriminate low-key because it's so unspoken that they're doing that and like nobody gets called out on colorism like in the moment like i've never even seen something happen like that that somebody gets called out mm. only in the aftermath it's like oh he said this she said this except white people they get called out all the time mm. but that's the thing colorism happens a lot among you know a space of majority black people mm-hmm. yeah for sure and um i think that this question is a good segue how is colorism a form of white supremacy even though it happens predominantly within black spaces and black people experience it within black spaces Mm. it's just because it's a form of white supremacy because it's black people promoting this white ideal uh, this white standard and white people do that to us and i feel like we saw that and recognized how unfortunately in this like fucked up society the whiter you look the quote-unquote whiter you sound um you know i feel like you have less strikes against you and so Mm -hmm. we noticed that and put that on our own people as a you know our own little caste system on how to um assimilate as best we can into their society and you know it just fucking sucks because it's just oh it's just like fifteen thousand steps back i feel it's like as a people i feel like we're progressing so well you know black people we're getting our own businesses back we're getting our hair back we're getting like so many things back and it's like can we talk about like let's let's really you know elevate this colorism topic and talk about it more i feel like it's just sizzling it it almost reminds me of collective empowerment. I want to talk about like that as a method of behavior and of a culture. If if you feel displaced as a people, don't necessarily if you you can't choose um Latino culture, you can't just choose like you just you know you can't choose Indian Asian culture. You know you're not Asian. Why do you choose white culture? And we were talking about this earlier, white culture or just, you know, um, society, like societal behaviors is culture, such as dress and language. Yeah, it's a part of respectability politics. Right. And we want to be like, oh, nationalistic and say we're all American, we're all one. When we know there's deeper, you know, culture facets in that. And that, that makes it known that. Americans are just multifaceted, multicultural, and culture is like behavior. And we just have to be honest with ourselves. And, and you know, the, I think it's like on a scale, like a spectrum of white supremacy. That's how we rate each other. Mm-hmm. 
and we judge each other on that (coughs) and that's what colorism is yeah i agree i feel like the first time i experienced colorism first of all i think rachel and i have talked about this a lot um just because i don't identify like i would not i don't identify with a shade like some people i'll look at their instagrams and in their bio it'll be like light skin shoddy brown skin something red bone something i'm like wow you're i you're like hella identifying with your skin color and like how does that happen and like what does that do and uh, and a part of it is people calling them that Mm -hmm. so it's like a title there but um you know i grew up in california and arizona not that much around black culture so i had no one really calling me anything and i don't think it was till i was older till i realized where i was on the spectrum i was so used to being the only black person period i i thought i thought i was dark skin till very very recently like i if i had to pick one that's what i would say and some people maybe they would put me on that side but until I realized that there's a whole, like, range darker than me, like, I'm not the darkest person, I just felt, like, the darkest, so when people, um, were being teased for their dark skin, or, you know, women, um, feeling less than because of their dark skin, and men not valuing them because of their skin, I was like, yeah, I identify and then I realized I actually don't identify I've I've only had someone reject me because of my skin color one time this dumbass and when I met him in person he realized that I was actually lighter than him and I just had a tan that day or it was the not that that even matters but I was like wow like you did it and it was an accident but that's the only time I've experienced it versus women darker than me who've been made fun of bullied men you know just completely i feel like being so so disrespectful towards them and that's like a daily basis they have to fight like that their skin is another strike on them and i had to kind of realize it, it's you know it's weird but how do you what would, do, would you pick it yeah i don't think identify? that i would pick a color or like a one shade because my shade changes and i'm a variety of colors throughout the year i am too and but pigments you, but have have you been labeled as a shade i kind of vibe with you when i was younger i thought that i was like dark skin mm-hmm. but i i knew that people were darker than me and lighter than me, whatever but and i kind of thought that like I was very, very dark. And, like, I guess I was. And, like, I that was my own, you know, anti-blackness intern. I internalized. Because um, I look at back in pictures and I really was a darker kid than I was, than I am an adult. Mm-hmm. And um, so I did identify as dark skin. Like, I, and I, oh, and I, wait, and I'm, and I, did, I never felt empowered in it. I never said it out loud. Mm-hmm. I never, vi- like, was i was like this is the first time i'm saying it proudly mm-hmm. and because i was dark skin and i and i just you know i was i thought i had flawless skin i didn't go through any acne i was like it was beautiful i wish that i felt that way i wish i felt beautiful mm-hmm. and i you know the thing is i think i suffered suffered i think i experienced more colorism or colorist ideology i've heard more of that than racist ideology in my lifetime but it feels like racism like this it's the same feeling Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it is, because it's coming from that same place of anti-blackness. It's like the things that make you look black aren't, you know, good enough. And then that goes into, you know, beauty standards. What is beautiful? We've come on this new wave of trying to embrace our African features and admit that... Because, see, to, to me, the thing is, like, there's a stereotype that, like, black people have big noses or whatever does every black person have a big nose no but is that an african feature yeah so if you have one it's cool like it's just that is your you're different you know like yeah we all don't have this standard pointy nose and if you have different from that it's not like something's wrong with yours you know it's just literally different people want to pretend that the idea of melting pot like america's a melting pot we we, they want to pretend that that's just not a code for whitewashing because why do we erase and try to like erase all the disparities when it's culturally ethnic and then when people want to be the same they're like oh let's be the same let's erase that shit we only need one thing and they choose like whiteness as the mold Mm -hmm. and you know come on let's i actually i I don't know what I what side I was on in terms of this debate, like thinking that black people couldn't be like it, it like aids of white supremacy, white supremacy, like black people couldn't enforce white supremacy. I was on the fence. Because I'm like, no, they're black, they can't be racist, but now that that colorism or being colorist isn't necessarily being racist and seeing that but they're so they're so close close, that it's like it might as well be Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's just when it's enforced it's so it's so evil it feels evil i've had it enforced on me by adults by family members by random people i don't know and i'm like wow you're judging me on my skin that's evil that shit's evil that comes from such a dark ignorant stupid place (laughs) you know it's it's really just so it makes it like talking about colorism and talking about light skin dark skin and people repping team light skin and whatever that shit makes my skin crawl Mm -hmm. like i can't oh my god to be honest when people enforce it i just feel very small i feel like i have to like i respect my elders and i respect that's the thing i the only thing i follow with respectability is respecting other black folk and you know what the thing is i have to respect all black folk no matter what age they are because i feel like i give people who are elders in like over 60 or over 50 a little bit more of like a leeway and like i give them like i have you know, I just say, oh, okay, yeah, they, they've made it. They're in the club. Even though, wait, no, they haven't passed half these tests. Like, I don't think that they truly understand, like, what trauma was put on them as a kid that I'm unpacking right now. Like, oh I've, God. I've started to unpack all of the trauma I've felt starting, I don't know, maybe when I was 13. And I, when my 58 year old, parent can't do the same thing or my 78 year old grandparent can't do the same thing or haven't tried once 
to unpack any their trauma and i'm you know i'm trying to make it seem like it's not their fault i really want to give them the benefit of the doubt because <laughs> that's i think that's just what i'm trying to what i'm doing with elders yeah yeah i'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt because they're black but at the end of the day i know like that you're right that is a dark place that is a place of surface level basic bullshit yeah <laughs> yeah it really is and a lot of the times it's an insecurity thing and you're insecure and you're pulling security from having this blanket that your color makes you better mm-hmm. that must feel good mm-hmm. to be on that side you know what I mean? To be, to be, you know, if I was white in the 1960s, I'm feeling real good. I, you know, like everything good is going for me. No one really is that much against me. I am the favorable whatever. So it's like, and that was a security blanket. Instead of actually doing the work, you're lazy as fuck if you're a colorist, honestly, mm-hmm. instead of doing the actual work. You're just grabbing onto something that's, like, not even true. Because you can be light-skinned and ugly. I've seen it. (laughs) That was funny. (laughs) And that's true. Like, honestly, there isn't three categories of black people. There isn't light-skinned, brown-skinned, and dark-skinned. There isn't that shit, like... I'm not trying to make say that we're all one. I'm not saying that either. But like let's get some more creative in the terms that we use to identify each other. And like wake up if you like can't get past somebody the way they look. Wake up. Whether it's a negative or positive. Like I think people will try to be posh and everything and try to say like, Oh, that's just bougie, I just like like good things or I like it nice or whatever. I'm like, okay, then you have a warp view of what nice is, of what deserving of what how people are deserving of worth and, you know, material things. Like then you have a warp view of, you know, betterness. Um, and that's, that's the whole colonial project. That was the whole mindset of the colonial project to like belittle uh, the livelihood of people who were different. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that you could see, cause nobody even knew. These white people, the colonists didn't even know, get to know their culture. They didn't even take back a single name with them. Barely, you know, they just took back their own ideas. They just were like, oh, I think this is this, this. So we're going to come back and call this this. And but there's people there that they could ask. And, you know, everybody knows that when you're talking to somebody with a disability or who speaks another language, you can communicate like in some way. Yeah, but that wasn't their point at all. Like they didn't want to do that. No, that's true. That's and they had to. That's okay, and that's why they had to make this ideology that these people were mm-hmm. less than. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and morally. Oh my the god, only they bitches. Col- sorry, Col- colonialization was not an accident. Y'all intended to fuck us up. Yeah. Shit, Rachel. <laughs> I mean, I knew that, but I didn't think that they were that evil. Dang, yeah, check that's, that's your ancestors. That's why I said it's so evil. It's on fucking purpose. Oh my god! And how do our how do our black elders get go wrapped up in this? It's because they need good therapists, 
but we don't even need therapy we need like freedom and art <coughs> and expression and music and not this like <laughs> nine to five strict Can I tell you something? shit that's so fucked up what? so on the show hell's kitchen with gordon ramsay it's like Okay, yeah, everyone knows the show, but it's this intense ass cooking show, and Gordon is so British and angry. <laughs> anyway, so you spend, I don't know the duration of the show. I'm gonna say, how long is the show on for? Uh, three months? Oh, I don't know. Okay, let's say three months. You spend three months doing these competitions, having this man scream at you. He's screaming, cursing at you, calling you stupid, all this shit, right? <laughs> Afterwards, the contestants go through psycho evaluations. <laughs> To make sure that they're okay. Three months after cooking with Gordon Ramsay, this one angry white man. We went through 400 years of slavery being <laughs> belittled, stripped of everything we have, physically, emotionally, mentally abused. Then we're, and that shit's generational. There's a generational, um, genetic effect from black generation to the next that slavery did that on our bodies in our dna so you're telling me afterwards we don't need therapy we're fine we're chilling we just came out of that we're fine and we're okay and slavery didn't touch us it had no effect on us whatsoever it had such a major effect and i think that's why colorism is so gross to me because i'm just like ew this is just a secondhand colorism i mean secondhand racism that we're dealing with at the white man Crazy. it was like it was done twice like i don't know it's just you know it's it's what fascinates me is um during the colonization of mexico um when the spanish came over they their caste system is intense it's like it's like there's a name for someone. Oh man, I should have looked this up. It's like there's a name for someone who's from Spain. And then if you're from Spain and then born in Mexico. And then if it's, if you're Spanish, like white mixed with indigenous. And then if you're half indigenous, half white mixed with white. And then if it's your indigenous and black, and they have names for all of this. And there's a system. There is a caste system. Certain colors, certain mixes, you have certain jobs, certain, you know, wealth, certain whatever. And it's just been enforced, reinforced. That's what they do when they colonize places. And it's just been reinforced on us subtly through beauty, through, you know, on Instagram, oh, especially on Instagram. I see it all the time and I'm like, ew, kill me. It's just, it's just this harsh reminder, I feel, yeah. of slavery for me. You know, it, it feels so close. We're expected to be okay after even the remaking of the trauma through this different thing of colorism. Because, like, well, who knows? Who knows if the ideology, you know was well definitely wasn't the same during slavery but there was a caste system that people followed and now there is no caste system we are supposed to be free on paper and we still follow this weird ideology socially sometimes like it's normal people who do it think that it's normal to them it is and um i hate how we're just expected to be okay all the time like people who are seen as strong or have gone through trauma are expected to like go through it again and they're expected to hold the weight of 
everything without spilling on anybody else and that's who i i've never realized really connected trauma and colorism before it's so deep yeah that's why with my situation that i told you about the person that was in inflicting and pushing their colorist ideas onto me so strong when i realized (laughs) that it wasn't me and it was them i was like okay like Mm -hmm. you're trying to figure this is your way of coping with whatever happened to you Mm -hmm. or however you feel about yourself and you're putting it on me and i don't want it so i rebuke it but like wow and i can only imagine and it's like it's like being it's like being physically abused as, your, as a child, your parents beating you, and then you beating your kids or being physically violent. You're just passing down this traumatic behavior or ideal on either because that's the only way you knew or it's soothing your own trauma and you're soothing it in the only way you were shown how yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why people who are who have these colorist ideals i'm like you have issues <laughs> you have such issues that's makes me want to study medicine and psychology because <laughs> yeah. i want to figure it out i want to get to the bottom of it like i want to go inside people's brains and <laughs> find the chemicals find the you know traumatic events but that's really invasive well yeah but the but it's like but then it's not with all people like I like in the level of trauma is different. And then men in colorism, it's different. They're inflecting it on women and themselves sometimes, but on women like that's its mm-hmm. own thing. But in my experience, I do know how it can be traumatic and it can be a traumatic ideal to teach your children, having them feel that type of way about themselves and others. Um you know, but we need to talk about it more and dismantle it and and admit that it's wrong. It's mm-hmm. not cool. It's just as bad. You're being like them. Mm-hmm. You're being like the slave owners when you do that. And but we also have to be open minded to the people who say, hey, you know, I want to improve and are open. And they that's when you can go into somebody's head and it's not invasive because they're being um, what's it called? Um, consensual. They're being, they're giving their consent to say, hey, you know, I need to be checked. I've checked people without asking. Okay. No, that's still valid to check people without asking. Like, uh people should check people people without asking. You're being colorist or I'll say like, wow, you're into that shit. And I'll like make fun of, I'll be like, wow, you're into that shit. Like you do that. You think that like, that's weird. Yeah. Or I'll just be like, what you said was fucked up. And they know sometimes. Like, it's like, yeah, that's not cool. You think that's okay? <laughs> like, that's not a, the way you think? Yeah, no. <laughs> no, that's not right. So, more comments about colorism? I could keep going all day. I could keep going all day. I think we should save the next, because we obviously have to have a colorism part three on, I'm feeling this conversation moving into colorism um with men women dating beauty standards being desirable um so i think that should be Mm -hmm. our part three and we could definitely keep going but we're trying to give you all a little bit a little bit of time just yeah 
Definitely, I would like more questions on like the psychology and trauma studies, and uh, how that relates to racism and colorism. And and if anybody has any good reads, good PDFs, send them over. So we're out tonight. Have a lovely night. Peace.